Hey there, welcome to Dishing in the D. It's Chad and Christy, our weekly podcast talking about all the fun things going on and to do right here in Metro Detroit. We have local celebrities and this morning a local chef who also had uh, his fair share of notoriety on the hit TV show Hell's Kitchen on Fox. We're talking to Jared Bobkin, who was on season 15 and season 17. You know what that means? He's really brave to face off with Gordon Ramsay, not once, but twice. You know what? There's a couple of things that I got a kick out of watching Jared on Hell's Kitchen. Number one, the fact that uh, Gordon Ramsay could never say his name right. I'm pretty sure he called him Gerard the entire time, <laughs> not Jared. But then if you remember, I can't remember if it was 15 or 17 where he faked an injury and needed a medic. And I remember Chef Ramsay saying, medic, more like pathetic. <laughs> yes, that was aimed at Jared. So at least he carries that badge of honor of being offended by Chef Gordon Ramsay. Uh, but he has a brand new restaurant and bar here. It's a rooftop bar called Monarch Club. It's a top of the 14-story Metropolitan Building in downtown. Uh, perhaps you went out to one of uh, Jared's other restaurants. He was the executive chef of Local Kitchen and Bar and also the executive chef at Bayview Yacht Club. But now, again, brand new Monarch Club in downtown, and he took some time out of his busy schedule a couple of weeks ago right before opening to kind of give us the full scoop on uh, how this came to be, what it was like working with Chef Gordon Ramsay. Does he still wake up in the middle of the night having nightmares? So let's go ahead and welcome to our podcast Chef Jared, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I uh, can only imagine because your your schedule is like the polar opposite schedule of us. You know, whereas we're up uh, at three a.m., that's probably the time you're going to bed every night. So we appreciate you getting up early. Uh, I've actually been at work since about five this morning. Wow. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. that's that's to be expected with starting up a, a new place. How did the opening go last weekend? It went phenomenal. We were on a three-hour wait for four hours. Wow. That has to be, I, I imagine, as a head chef, like the ultimate compliment but the ultimate stressor at the exact same time. Yeah, it was. It was a great, it was a great feeling knowing everybody was showing up, but at the same time you're like, when is this going to stop? Well, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people that watched you on Hell's Kitchen probably think, oh, well, I bet there was a wait at Hell's Kitchen. But that's not necessarily the case because with that being a TV show that was being filmed, obviously you can't have people coming in and out. So everybody has to be seated and at their table the whole time. Yeah, you know, with, with the restaurant or with the Monarch Club opening up, it's, you know, people come and go and we can kind of control the door. So at least it's like we set the pace ourselves. On Hell's Kitchen, it's like they open the doors and everybody comes in at the exact same time. Right. Oh, talk about so stress. It's like, yeah, it's a totally different kind of stress. But this is like, you know, I, I got to teach my cooks how to do things. I got to make sure all the plates are perfect. I got to make sure the servers know which tables they're going to. You know, all the little details that go into getting food out to the diners is like, you know, that's, all happening at the same time and my kitchen upstairs is probably just under 200 square feet wow that's a that's tight quarters yeah so we are butt cheek to butt cheek <laughs> <laughs> are there any other and it and you know we want to talk to you all about detroit and 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 everything local but to get a couple of those sort of initial hell's kitchen questions out of the way are there any other connections with this particular restaurant? Like, did you did you 
consult with any other chefs or is there anybody that was on the show that's a, a part of the restaurant now? No, not not part of this restaurant. We have uh, our management company is based out of San Diego and they own several hotels um, and run several hotels. And they sent one of their chefs out just to kind of like give me hands as help. Right. Um, but in terms of being from Hell's Kitchen, no, I kind of keep to myself when it comes to that. We do, <laughs> we do, we do more fun projects together. That's like a one night where we can go out and have a good time after. It's not like a day to day stress thing. Right. Who, but, who have you stayed connected with the most? Um, funny enough. Christine Hazel from season 14. Okay. She got out, she got out like early midway in her season. Um, but we've become pretty close. She's come out to Detroit here a couple of times. We've done dinners at cuisine in new center. And, uh, we worked together at the masters golf tournament down in Augusta. Hmm. And, um, we're actually getting ready to work on another project as well. And do you still, do you, do you at any point still wake up or have like a flashback nightmare of Chef Ramsey yelling your name? And like oh, those it, performance anxiety dreams. <laughs> it's, it's funny because, you know, you, you watch all the clips on Facebook and social media of all these different things. And sometimes when I'm like just like thumbing through and then like a clip comes on TV or on social media, it, I hear his voice and I kind of like perk up and my shoulders shake. And, <laughs> Uh, and then I like snap back to reality and be like, oh, he's not here. Well, and, you know, I saw an interesting quote from somebody actually today about reality TV. And they're like, reality TV is far from reality. And I mean, I, I try to explain to a lot of people that when they're doing a show like that, they're casting characters and they edit to make certain people look a certain way. And that yeah. that really makes or breaks who you come off being on the show. You know, it's funny because they really do uh, cast people in certain lights. And like on my first season, on season 15, Jackie stuck around a lot longer than she should have. Um, you know, she just didn't have the skill level, but man, she made for great drama. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but in all honesty, the way they portrayed me was pretty spot on to how I am all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, my, you know, it was impressive to me that I was cast in such a way. Others got cast, you know, in really negative light, but it's showing their true colors in a way. Well, and maybe they really weren't destined to succeed on the show. And it was just that aspect. And maybe the reason why you were destined to succeed, not only on the show, but beyond the show uh, is that because you are an exceptional chef? Yeah, and and you know they take they take that into account too because they want to know like before you when you when you're interviewing for the show they want to know your history where you've worked what you've done who you've worked under or how many restaurants you've helped open or opened yourself mm-hmm. they want to know all these little factors and you kind of think about it and you're like huh why I mean they even ask about past relationships. I had to think back 10 years, <laughs> but wow. they, they just, they just like, they, they, it's their way of getting to know you. Right. And they really, they really take that and they're like, all right, this is, we're going to, you know, not necessarily put people in the situation, but like, we're going to set this situation up and we know Jared 
you know, Ashley and Chad will succeed, but Frank and Jackie will not. Right. It's not their strong suit. Did you take any of the foods that you prepared either that were on his menu or anything that you created while you were on the show and brought that to Monarch Club? Um, not yet. Okay. So on the All-Star season, we had a challenge to do bar snacks. And that's exactly what um, the Monarch Club is, right? It's bar snacks. It's elevated bar snacks. So I will be putting on, I did uh, pot stickers on the show, right? Mm -hmm. Never made them before. Next thing I know, I'm making my own dough, smoking some fish, um, filling it, you know, boiling them. So I made little dumplings. And I'm going to incorporate that into the menu as it gets a little bit warmer outside. Because it's light, it's shareable, it's Mm -hmm. easy. Right, right. So now, how how cool is it that you have opened up Detroit's first skyscraper rooftop bar? Which is hard to believe. You know what? It really is. There are rooftop bars in Detroit, but they, you know, that's two, three feet, you know, three stories in the air. Right. No big deal. There's a few of them, but to be a part of something historical is pretty, pretty cool. I mean, you know, people are just coming in. I'm, I'm up there working this morning already, and I've had three people from the hotel come up there and be like, we just want to look around. Mm-hmm. We, we've been open four days, and I already got a call saying, hey, we'd like to take our wedding pictures up there. You know, it, it really draws more than just the crowd of people that are coming in to, you know, have a good time. Nice. Now, tell everybody how many floors and how many, how many stories is the skyscraper? The... The skyscraper is, uh, the Monarch Club is in the 13th floor, the plant house floor of the Metropolitan Building in Detroit. So we look over, uh, we can see almost see into the Tigers or Comerica Park. Right. Um, we can, we look down on the Michigan Opera Theater. We stand taller than the DAC. Um, you can see all the way up Woodward. You can, I mean, you, I, you can see the suburbs in the skyline. Wow. That's awesome. We, we basically look down on everything around us. The Shinola Hotel, we look down on. And it's so great to be a part of this continued revitalization. I mean, we, we talked to um, Bob McClure from McClure's Pickles yesterday. Yeah. And uh, and he said the same thing. He said, you know, we, we started up in Troy, and he said, I went to New York for a while, but we wanted to be downtown. We wanted to be a part of that revitalization. So they moved their headquarters down there, and to have all of these new restaurants like yours, I mean, kudos to you. I mean, what a great thing. Yeah, thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. It's, it's great being, like, the little area I'm in, uh, you know, it's, just west of the ballpark and just east of Woodward. It's, it's always been like a little booming area, but for so like, it's just so nice to see it because 15 years ago, it was nothing. There was just nothing here. There was parking lots. There was a few shops, but just parking lots. And now, you know, now you can't find parking anywhere because all the parking is taken up by big buildings. Exactly. Or, or especially if there's some event. We, we happen to be just going down to Greektown to the casino one night, and 
and uh, pulled in. She's like, that'll be $20 to park. And I'm like, wait, isn't it normally like free? She's like, well, Ariana Grande is over at Little Caesars tonight. I'm like, oh, of course. You know, so if there's some big, big event going on, forget it. Yeah. And, you know, that's the nice thing for the people that are coming to the Monarch Club. We actually offer valet. So you don't have to go look for parking. You just pull up to the building and we have valet for you. Right. Is it as a head chef of some place like this where you know there's hype? I mean, because of of you know your notoriety on Hell's Kitchen and because it is on the rooftop of a skyscraper. I mean, there's so many facets to it. Was what was like the most nerve wracking part? Was it coming up with the menu? Was it coming up with the style and design? Was it opening the doors for the first time? I mean, take us through like your stress level. No, so so this isn't the first place I've opened up. This is probably like the sixth. Right, right. And I, I, I've consulted a lot in my career, but the stress is always the owner's party before oh, opening. Okay. Because the owners are there. They want to impress everybody. They want it to be perfect. They haven't seen how service flows yet. And we just know, like, we know in the kitchen and in the dining room how to do this, right? We do this every day of our lives. This is how we make our livelihood. But the owners are like on pins and needles, which they're nitpicking everything you do mm-hmm. until the doors open up and everybody starts having a good time. Sure. Well, is it and that's, that, that's the only stress factor in it. Right. It's, it's, I mean, it's a, it very similar, I would think, to somebody who's a performer. And, you know, you might be nervous, nervous, nervous before you go on. But then once it's like you hit the stage and it's what you do, it's like whoosh, the stress level at that point then is just gone. Yeah, it's always, it's always the anticipation that gets you. Right. So is there anything that you, I, I'm just curious about this, because we asked Chris Hemsworth the same question one time. We're like, oh, so did you, did you get a, a mule near when you, you know, finished <laughs> filming the Avengers? He's like, yes, I have one. Um, did, did you take anything from Hell's Kitchen? Like before you left, you're like, I'm taking those salt and pepper shakers. I'm taking something. I, I actually, so we use spoons a lot to like, you know, base their fish or help pick up things to plate them, you know, put sauce down, whatever. I stole probably like six spoons. <laughs> I would just like put them in my pockets dirty and walk, you know, and then jam them in my, in my suitcase dirty and then wait three weeks to go home. <laughs> so they were just like dirty the whole way. Right. Um, and then, but then we got like our chef coats as well. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, they they gave us those. I didn't take that. Right. I, me and my brother, me and my brother like to say we don't steal things; we acquire them. Exactly. <laughs> we, I, we've I acquired am, a few things throughout the years doing this as well. I am in the business of acquisitions. <laughs> yes. The one thing that I I think it's interesting in watching the show, which also translates into your real life, is you have to have. A fantastic memory. And I know people watching the show and they'll hear uh, Chef Ramsey call out orders and then they make it like, oh, the person can't think because they they don't remember what the order that he just called out. Okay, well, he just called out six things. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, no, you you really have to have a phenomenal memory. It's funny because I used to play poker for a living mm-hmm. before I started cooking. So I could tell you poker hands, and I would play thousands of hands a week. And I could tell you specific hands, betting, you know, betting strategies, whatever, whatever happened. I could tell you months later. With cooking, I can 
call out tickets. I can tell you last night what we sold and, you know, what this table got, what that table got. But the thing is, when I'm running around the hotel doing all my other things, I get in the elevator. I'm like, all right, where was I going? (laughs) (laughs) So do you have any, so it's just natural ability. You don't have any mnemonic devices to help you remember that you can Um, share with the rest of us? Nah, not when it comes to that stuff. Uh, I, I mean, I've always been pretty, pretty good with numbers. I do use association a lot. Um, you know, like if I, like I'm downstairs entering invoices this morning at six o'clock in the morning and I'm looking at invoice numbers and I'm just like associating it like, um, like my produce I get is very good produce. It comes from Eastern market. Right. Uh-huh. And I, it's just like, it's a, I don't, I don't know why I associate like this, but the first three numbers of my P of my invoices are 007. Uh- <laughs> so it's just like, I always look at the invoices real quick and I'm like, James Bond, James Bond, James Bond, you know? Right. I, I just use weird associations to help myself remember things. Interesting. That makes sense. And, and you know, that was actually going to be one of my next questions for you is sourcing locally, because we know that is such a big thing right now in the in the food industry. So that's cool that you do get stuff from Eastern Market. I love that. Yeah, I actually try to get stuff from Eastern Market. So, you know, uh, the produce company I use is when Michigan produce is in season, it's it's what I'm getting. And then obviously when when it's cold here, I get it from as close to as home as possible. Um, but I also try to get, you know, beef that's at least in the tri-state area right i'm not trying to go much further than you know ohio or indiana um fish obviously i'm getting i get uh we have smoked white fish pate on our menu Mm. and we get it from lake superior i mean i i I will accept nothing less than that That i love it that is fantastic to to keeping it in the midwest yeah well we just wish you we don't have a ton but uh, we wish you continued success. I mean, this is amazing. And, and we love the fact that, you know, you, you came back and, and you made Metro Detroit proud. And you like you said, you've opened up several restaurants and now a new one. And it's just cool that, you know, we have so many local connections that have done so many great things and, and brought it back home. So uh, congratulations and continued success. And thanks for being with us this morning. All right. So that's going to do it for another episode of our Dishing in the D podcast. All right. So next week, this will be a lot of fun because with the kids being out of school, uh, perhaps you're thinking about maybe this is the right time to add a furry little friend to our family, uh, adopting one from a local shelter. Uh, we have an animal expert with us. His name is Joel Silverman. He is um, a longtime host on Animal Planet and a celebrity dog trainer, and he is going to give us the do's and don'ts of how to train your puppy, how to train an adult dog if you are going to an adopt adult dog from a local shelter. Um, some of the ins and outs, and I think this is just going to be really, really good, vital information for a lot of people because we have a brand new puppy. Kim Adams, who is on Middays here on the all-new 98.7 The Breeze, also mm-hmm. has a new puppy. So we are definitely going to be tuning in to uh, to hear all of these tips with Joel Silverman on next week's episode of Dishing in the D, our podcast. We're chatting, Christy, from the all-new 98.7 The Breeze. Make sure you connect with us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at 98.7 The Breeze.